We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They went wire to wire in game three. They nearly did it again here in game four. Grimes comes up short. Rebound controlled by Adebayo. And that's going to do it. The Heat take care of business at home. And now are one win away from a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. 109 to 101, the final in game four. For the delay in getting started there, uh, something that had worked for me for the entire season decided to uh, stop working tonight. So a, a fitting beginning. How apropos. <laughs> To this to this post game, XJ is here with me. What's going on, XJ? How are you? Uh, I don't not. I do not want to answer that question honestly, J Mac. Uh, I am here, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been doing these since uh, Jesus, the end of the 2017-18 season, and I think for a lot of reasons, this this might be the toughest one of these I've had to do. And the first reason for that is is kind of kind of simple, which is that um, sitting here right now after the game we just witnessed, it feels like the series is over, and the Knicks are going home for the summer. And what has been a, a very enjoyable season, a very inspiring season, a very uh, I mean, just a feel good season since since really the beginning of December has kind of come back down to earth uh, with such a thud, and yet and yet. They're still alive. They're, they have a home. They've potentially two home games remaining. Uh, you know, long, long way to go before we get to that. But um, so the series is not over. So I, I want to start. Just I do want to acknowledge that, um, and yet also acknowledge the feeling that I think everybody has right now, which is that after the game we just witnessed, for a variety of reasons, it does feel like um, the Knicks are dead men walking. And I want to I want to give my overall thoughts on the game and then I'll throw it to you and I'll, I'll get your overall thoughts and then we could go through some specifics. Um, I think the other reason why this is such a difficult post game to do is because the way that game transpired, let me actually take a step back. The reason this next season has been so so great for for so many of us, I know you included, and so enjoyable, is not. So I'm not sure if I'm the only one who lost Jonathan. 
Is it okay? <laughs> so it so we are having Andrew. <laughs> some technical difficulties tonight, folks. We're about as effective as the Knicks when it comes to boxing out the heat in the fourth quarter tonight or double teaming Jimmy Butler when you shouldn't be double teaming <sighs> Jimmy Butler. Um, where John just, John just texted me. So we'll see what happens. Uh, did you just lose me? Yes, we lost you. Um, and now we're live. So John's going to work on his technical issues. Um, so, uh, where was he? Like the reason that this felt so special, uh, I don't think was, he used the word special. What was, what did he say? The re- I was in the midst of setting up my setup for tonight uh, and then, I mean, well, okay. Your thoughts on, I was going to say to John, I was going to say, I need his tutelage. Like okay. what's the approach on these post games? Like after something soul crushing like that, like, I, I feel like he was setting us up to to manage our emotions, to you know, to to re- recognize and realize that we have three more games to go potentially. It's not over. The series is not over. It's not summertime yet. It feels like summertime. It's ninety degrees over here in Florida. Mm. It feels like the summer. Mm. Yeah, it's not great. All intents and purposes, like I don't know. I I'll go back to unemotional data robot in a second, but like. I think, and, and Andrew, you expressed something kind of similar to this in our group thread. I think we were just made to feel how Cleveland fans felt. Um, it's really tough to give a cogent analysis. Like, I was taking all, I was taking notes all game in preparation for the post game show until the fourth quarter. At which point, I just kept writing the same thing over and over again. I felt like I was like in detention in the 1980s, just writing the same <laughs> sentence on the blackboard over and over, and it was yeah. just. You're Bart you Simpson writing the writing the thing on the <laughs> on the chalkboard. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. Are you effing serious? Like, is this how we're gonna go out? And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's only game four. Yeah. We're we're not out yet, <laughs> but it felt like the end of the series. And I don't think that's the direction that John was going in. But you know, from my from my perspective, it was just like. You're going to get, I mean, we'll talk about the details, but you know, spoiler alert, you're going to get out rebounded like seven to one in the fourth quarter with essentially your series on the line. Um, there are a lot of great positives to take away from the next season. Um, you know, I just would never have, you would have never been able to tell me at the beginning of the season, we would be in the second round. And after that second round series, feel like, we're back to the square to square one to to fire Tibbs to trade Randall to this is not working to what is this team to what is this ceiling to make a star trade get everyone out I mean like back to the same narratives that we thought we would have been at if we won thirty five games this season like that's how bad this series feels and I don't think Miami is this good I I hope they are this good I hope Miami's legit. It's the same thing you said to me, AC, behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> if they make it past New York, they better go to the finals because nothing's going to make me feel better unless Miami is legit. And I don't think that they are. I don't think that, they, that they're this good. Um, I think that the Knicks have made terrible plays all game. I think that they got crushed in the turnover battle. They got crushed in the offensive rebounds battle. Um, they got crushed in the three-point battle. It just all these areas that they absolutely need to win in order to have a chance 
they 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 just soundly lost all these areas. It's like, and this is your your season on the line. This is your season on the line. Guys that I believe in, Obi Toppin played terrible. You know, mm-hmm. played terrible. Quickly has been on offense a no show, right? On, up until this injury, um, Brunson's still fighting, but these guys are playing crazy minutes, and there's no way they can keep it up on both ends. Um, Miami played sound basketball, but it's just. It's just demoralizing. It's just demoralizing. It's soul crushing. Um, we can talk about the data and specifics of the game, but that's just, that's crazy. That's just how I'm feeling. I feel similarly, but more importantly, John Macri's back. So uh, maybe that's a sign of things to come that we got our things, our setup working, and um, potentially uh, the Knicks can start to turn things around from here on out. You, you can't write this shit today. Um, <laughs> apologies again. I came in. I heard the first thing I heard was demoralizing. Um, I said I was go. I said, I know this is not the direction John was going in, but I'm going to have to take the reins and spew my emotions. Well, no, out I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what direction I was going. I mean, I, I have a direction I was going in and, and it, it, uh, let me try to make sense of it because uh, what I was trying to say was that it was not just that the Knicks turned around their season this year. It was how they did it. And they did it um, by winning on the margins in every way. And that means a lot of different things. And you've talked about it. It's the possession game, turnover, low turnovers, um, offensive rebounds, and then kind of an extension of that is the free throws. Um, but that's how they did it. And they overcame what was a perceived lack of talent. And then over the course of the season, we kind of came around to this idea that uh, actually, you know what? Maybe our talent isn't as bad as we thought it was in the beginning. And the combination of those things coming into the playoffs and then to be, to kind of have your beliefs in the team, in those specific areas of the team verified by the first round playoff series against a team that was perceived to be more talented than us. And to, to defeat that team in the ways that you have been winning basketball games throughout the first 82, well, not the first 82, because they didn't, they weren't this way out of the gate, but for the majority of the season, it was all coming together. Everything came together. And yes, you were facing a Heat team that had been here before. And yes, you were facing a Heat team that was going to have the coaching advantage, even if, you know, I thought the coach did a good job in the first series. And yes, you were facing a Heat team that had the best player, but you felt like there was enough proof of concept after that Cleveland series that all the things you relied upon through 82 games, all the things that we thought were maybe were going to come crashing down at some point during all of the little losing streaks and all of those tense moments, the handful of tense moments throughout the year where it's like, is this when it comes falling apart? Is this when it comes falling down? Is this when the, the jig is up? And then finally against Cleveland, is this when it finally comes crashing down? All of that, all of that stuff, you felt like they had proven concept enough they would be able to go into this series and at least... I mean, again, I was not on board with the with the Knicks and five train or the Knicks and six. Even I was like, "This is a seven game series, it's gonna be a hard fought series." But just go out there, play your game. Maybe you come out with a win. And I thought we had a decent chance at that. You thought that was going to be possible. And tonight, in one game, showed why all of that stuff came crashing down. And like that game three was such an easier game to analyze because they just 
He could make shots. I mean, they're eight of 40 from three. They shot 30 whatever percent from from the field and 20 percent from three. And there was this coaching decision that, you know, seemed like it came to a head. And, and that was where a lot of people pinned the blame. OK, fine. Move on. So how do they lose this game? They lose this game to me in three distinct ways. And each of them hurt differently. First half, a complete and total lack of poise. And if it is one thing the Knicks showed all season, specifically in their in their lack of turnovers, if you want to exemplify it in a stat, but really just the way they went about their business, they didn't beat themselves. You know, like so many Knicks teams of the past who, yes, they sucked something horrible. But in addition to suck, sucking something horrible, they also beat themselves. This Knicks team did not beat themselves. First half, full of moments where the Knicks beat themselves. Second half gets started. Third quarter. This gets me to the second thing. Knicks were good. Knicks were really good on the offensive end. Making shots, finally coming to play in the way that we knew they were capable of coming coming to play. And they were just beat by better shot making against a team that had guys that were more up to or as up to the task. And that hurt in its own way because, you know, all season long, I know me at least, I could never shake that little brother syndrome. I could never shake that feeling like, yeah, this is a great story. I love what we've done. You know, hashtag Eastern Conference Finals, Dark Horse, the whole thing. But we're not in that inner echelon. And 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 to have us make so many shots finally in the third quarter, and then just to have Miami make every shot back every time we made one with some execution issues in, on the defensive end for sure, that hurt. And then that all brought us to the fourth quarter. And then I think this is what you were getting at when I when I re-entered here, which was just to have the thing that was yours, meaning the Knicks. It was the Knicks to possess and own and, and just lay claim to all season long. We will out-tough you. We will out-hustle you. We will get the extra rebound. We will we will do all of the things that you do not do or not willing to do or not capable of doing, whatever. We're going to do those things. And because we're able to do those things, because we're going to exert our will on you, we will beat you. And they had that turned right on its head against them. And I think for me... And we'll, we again, we'll talk about specifics and we can get into certain players and like, yes, it's frustrating that this game felt like it was right there for the taking so many times. But when it comes down to it, when you put it all together, I, I do agree with the general sentiment, which is that the Knicks came into the series against a team that was a shot away from making the finals a year ago. They made the finals two years before that. They're the best coach team in the league. They have probably the co-playoff postseason MVP right now. Second place, Devin Booker. Um, you know, and like they have experience. And my God, has that experience shown through in their willingness to take tough shots and uh, make tough shots, big shots in big moments and just make no mistakes. I mean, how many mistakes have the Miami Heat made in this series? Forget tonight, in this series. They just don't do it. And um, 
the Knicks made a lot tonight in different ways and they hurt in different ways and we can go through them, but like they're not the better team right now. And it's just very clear. And that sucks. And it hurts, especially when it's the fucking heat. <laughs> and that is all I got. So I'm sorry that took a longer than I, than I wanted it to, especially with the technical difficulties, but XJ, um, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? No, I, I think that was honestly very beautifully said. A wonderful yet unfortunate synopsis of honestly my experience, right? My experience has been, you know, I've been that guy waiting for the house of cards to come crumbling down. Like, is this gonna happen? Is this gonna, you know, is this sustainable? I'm all about sustainability, right? Is this sustainable? Um and we've been proven over and over again. Wait, they're, they're maintaining it. They got out of this little losing streak. They put it back together. It's still working. Okay. Okay. But when we get to the playoffs, we'll see. Against Cleveland, they played their game. They were, they were dominant in their game. Enforced their will. Wow. Okay. Proof of concept. This works. This is true. This is legit. We playing against Miami. You know, I, like some others, believe that we had more talent. Um, it should work. I, I'm gonna keep my, you know, keep my fingers crossed and 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 hope that nothing's gonna fall apart. But I'm feeling more confident, and it it just <laughs> came crumbling down. And I think to your point, John, I just want to talk a little bit about like the third quarter. Yeah, the, it's the, the quarter that's gonna. I mean, it, look, we'll see what happens, but it feels like the quarter that's gonna define the season. The in this third quarter. In this third quarter, the Knicks, the Knicks outscore uh, the Knicks here as well. I'll say the Knicks went eleven for twelve from two point range. <laughs> they shot ninety one percent on twos in the third quarter. Yeah, two for five from three, forty percent on threes. Yep. Um, overall shot seventy six percent in the third quarter. <laughs> five of six from the free throw line. Spent none of that time in the lead. <laughs> none did not recapture a lead because Miami. Went blow for blow with them and held them off. Miami, seven of nine from two, five of 12 from three, uh, five of seven from the free throw line. They were able to hold off the Knicks. And then we get to the fourth quarter. Again, the Knicks were scoring very well. And then the offensive rebounds. For the Knicks to lose a game in the fourth quarter with their season on the line, in the way that they demoralize other teams, in the way yeah. that they break the backs of other teams, in the way that they... I, I just said before you jump back on, John, I said, I feel like Miami just made us feel like how we made Cleveland feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That sucks. I want to go apologize to Cleveland fans because I'm like, that's it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to get demoralized by just offensive rebound after offensive rebound. I'm watching Kyle Lowry track down long offensive rebounds on a possession and it's just like it's just going to keep going it's just going to keep going it hurts Miami was 0 of 9 from 3 in the fourth quarter they did not hit a three pointer in the fourth quarter it, it's <laughs> painful painful um, like you're going to lose this game where Miami can't hit a three in the fourth quarter and they completely and soundly outplayed us it's that's yeah it's tough yeah and like and the other Again, the other part of it, and this is what I was, I was going to try to weave in, and I don't think I, I did, but I, I will try to say now is the the offensive rebounds 
the Knicks came out after halftime. To me, I, I, I felt like the first half they were trying very hard. With the possible exception of Julius Randle, who we're going to get to. In the second half, I actually, I actually thought their effort level went up. I, I, I was proud of their effort. I was proud of the effort that they came out of halftime with. I did not feel like I was watching a team that was dogging it in any way. And even into the fourth quarter, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyway because I, I again, I would, I have to go back and rewatch it, and I will. As painful as that's going to be. Even in the fourth quarter, I, I did not feel like it, the Knicks were a team that was, again, like dogging it in the traditional sense. But like Thibodeau always talks about long rebounds. Where are those rebounds going to go? They're going to be they're like three point. Sorry, three point shots. Where are those rebounds going to go? They're going to be long rebounds. That's an execution issue. That's not an effort issue. Were there a couple of effort offensive rebounds that were given up? Absolutely. I, I without question. Um, I'm seeing one in my mind where like, well, but even the one that I'm seeing in my mind where Julius kind of just had his back to the ball as it caromed uh, to like around the free throw line extended uh, like that's, even that, is that an effort thing? Or is that just a player not having his head fully in the game and not being in tune to the moment? And this kind of bleeds into the Julius Randle of it all uh, in this game because, look, the Knicks made mistakes. Uh, I've referenced the first half. I thought there was a lack of poise in the first half. There were some questionable decisions in terms of how they went about their offensive game plan but for the mo- you know the turnovers just silly turnovers it's just stuff like the Grimes turnovers like was the moment too big for him at first whatever um but a lot of this game to me came down to one of our best players or guys supposed to be one of our best players and look I don't I don't even know I haven't even looked at the final stat line he finished with I guarantee it's probably pretty good um talking about Randall 20 points on 13 shots. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was I mean, a that's, really good end stat line. Yeah. That's a wonderful end stat line. Um, watching that game, and he's not the only one who deserves to get pegged here. Um, and there will be some praise doled out. Don't, don't worry about that either. But I cannot escape. This was just like game three was in a way. This was, in a way, it felt like a bit of a referendum on how reliable this player can be for you as a franchise moving forward. And that may be too soon to talk like that. That may be too too big after just a couple of games. But it's how I'm feeling right now, XJ. I, I, I felt the same way. And it's it's shocking that we had the same takeaway. Randall had the second best plus minus on the team. Um, 20 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, minus 1 in uh, 39 minutes. I felt like he was a negative. Um, I, I felt like there were just too many plays where he didn't have his head in the game. Um, bad mistakes, bad decision making. Sometimes he bailed himself out with tough shots, ch- tough shot making. He made some tough shots. Oh my god, did he make some tough shots? Today. He made tough shots, and I, and I, it's like 
if it's too many times when I'm watching the game and I'm like, no, and he makes it and it's just like, all right, I guess like that's still not still not a good game. It's no. still not a good game. Um, situations where he's like in semi transition and Knicks aren't even back. He's pulling a three against Bam. There's no chance for an offensive rebound. It's just small things like that. And then the way he closes out, closes his, effort, out. his effort on closeouts is just either it's no effort or it's a lot of effort in the wrong direction and no second effort, right? It's, it's one or the other. And it's, it's just the decision-making shot diet wasn't there. Still made tough shots, but I think it has an overarching impact on the team, on the dynamic. It has to. It has to. It has to. And it may not be, you know, and this is why we don't really look at plus minus from game to game because I think he was much worse than a minus one. <laughs> you know, I just, just qualitatively watching the game and no, it, 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 yeah. It, it, it's without question. Um, and look, did, you know, Jalen Brunson finished this game with 32 points and 11 assists, had one turnover, um, 32 points on, uh, got to the free throw line 11 times, shot 10 to 21. Um, Objectively, that is an incredible stat line. And yet, am I going to sit here and do I think this was one of like Jalen Brunson's very best games as a Nick? No, I don't. I thought he was, look, he was the best player for the Knicks on the floor tonight. Um, I mean, you could even, I mean, what did Jimmy finish with? Jimmy finished with 27 on 17 shots. He actually faltered a little bit down the stretch. Um, but you know, as far as just the, the two-way force that Jimmy is. So let's let's say Jalen Brunson was the best best Nick on the floor tonight. Um, was this an outstanding game? Was this a, was this like a game you're going to remember like for 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 uh, decades and a loss? No, it wasn't yeah. that caliber yeah. game. Um, same thing for for RJ. And RJ was excellent, I thought overall on the offensive end, especially with 24 points on 16 shots. Um, you know, but de- defensively there were there were some moments for him as well. Um, like again, really, really, really good game. Those two guys led the way. We talked to Randall making his shots. They combined for do some quick math in the old noggin here. Uh, 76 points, which means 25 points were scored by other Knicks. Now, Quentin Grimes did come through with three threes. He was three seven from three. Um played 42 minutes. Uh clearly Tibbs agreed with what. People would say, we got to get the shooter on the floor. He got the shooter on the floor. Did it help? Yeah, I think it helped. I think it helped. Um, But the mistakes were there. The mistakes were there, too. Not that Josh Hart was great tonight, either. That's the other thing. And and this is really the other big story of this game. I mean, go down the list of heat role players who just killed the Knicks with one big shot after another. You know, other than... Other than Brunson and Barrett, and you want to give Randall credit for the shots that he hit for sure. Give Grimes credit for the threes that he hit. Who showed up tonight? Yeah, and I wanted to. Uh, yeah, it's a great point because I wanted to say the same thing. Not only did we lose, we lost in all the ways we normally win. Right, turnover battle, offensive rebounding battle, the depth battle. How is Miami deeper than this Knicks team right now? <laughs> but Miami, who is playing. High Smith, Duncan Robinson, yep. Kayla, Kayla, uh, uh, Cody Martin is playing 26 minutes. Zeller, like this is their depth, and they soundly outplayed the Knicks as far as depth. This is a strength of this team that we've we've touted all season. 
no matter the highs or the lows. We've touted their depth and they got crushed by the by Miami's depth. Duncan Robinson was one for eight. And I felt like he had a positive impact on the game with his spacing. Because he's he he's frightens you so much and he bends everything that the Knicks do. Uh, or any any team does on defense. Like you have to honor that guy. And like, you know, when you factor in the hustle plays that Miami's death pieces made and like, you know, it's tough because who are we really talking about here? Like, I'm, and that's the thing. It's like you get Josh Hart's had an outstanding postseason. Josh Hart did not have a good game tonight. I'll give, I'm, I'm happy to give Josh Hart a pass. Um, Cause he's just done so much and he's been so, so valuable to them through throughout the Cleveland series and other games in this series, you know, it, and quickly was injured. Um, I mean, do some probably four minutes. I mean, what, I can't really draw any conclusions from that. And then who, you know, who are you left with? You're left with Mitchell Robinson. You're left with Obi Toppin. I thought Hardenstein was okay. He only played 15 minutes. That was another thing. If there is going to be a critique of Thibodeau after this game, I would say it's the fact that Mitch played 33 and Hardenstein played 15. That's the closest thing that I would have to a critique of Thibodeau. Um, that's me. Maybe I'm missing something obvious, but I, I was curious if you're, what your thoughts are were on the center rotation. I, I mean, I didn't think Hartenstein was particularly good tonight. Um, I he wasn't I was, great. He wasn't as good as he has been. That's for no, sure. he wasn't as good as he had has been. I was kind of okay with it. I mean, yeah, I could have done with more Hartenstein minutes, but to me, that's not really that wasn't going to make or break the game, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I think we saw 44 minutes from Jalen. By the way, Andrew. Correcting me, it's Caleb Martin, Cody Zeller. I don't care about these guys. I don't care what. What did names you say, are. Caleb Zeller? I said I, I. I call him Cody Martin. He has a brother. I think that's his brother's name. It's really irrelevant to me. I know I'm the the facts. Don't care about stats. Don't care about your feelings. My feelings take precedent, Andrew. Right now, so I don't care what his I name is. Whatever his name is. Um. Yeah, I I didn't feel the Hardenstein thing really make made or break it. Um. But Brunson played 44 minutes tonight. Incredible. And. Benji said in our in our group thread, um, he he called it. He said <laughs> he said if if uh, if Brunson can walk on that ankle, he's playing forty five tonight. Well, he played forty four. <laughs> he got damn close to it with no IQ. Um, and you know, uh, amazing tough it out performance, but it, it suffered on the defensive end. I have to say, Brunson was not very good defensively. No, his, his, I mean, he's been targeted the whole series. He's, he's getting targeted. His closeouts are awful. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to take it out on him, given that he was the only offensive weapon keeping us in the game. Yeah, I, I have. I'm, I'm with you. I have a tough time taking it out on him as well. I mean, we've seen NBA defenses when an offensive player is good enough. And I think it, I think Jalen Brunson is good enough. An NBA defense will do what it has to to scheme around, game plan around one really weak defender. I would argue that Jalen Brunson is worth the trouble to do that. And I yeah. would also very much argue that the Knicks are not currently doing that. And if you look at New York's defensive ratings with certainly their, their like, quote unquote, top three on the floor, um, Brunson, Randall and Barrett, those defensive ratings are a fucking disaster. And they've been a disaster all year. And this is what get again, we're not getting into the offseason stuff, but like I I guess the last thing I, I'll say, and then I'll throw it back to you for anything else that you want to say, and then we'll move on is um like the playoffs reveal who you are. Um as a player and as a team. 
And I think these this postseason has definitely revealed to New York that they have some keepers, some guys that are that are worthy of being around here long term. And perhaps the biggest, most important positive for the Knicks, for me in the playoffs, and again, this is me, who was did not think very highly of this player coming into the playoffs, and he's not perfect, and I want to see a little bit more in terms of the the little things and the some of the hoops IQ and some of the some of the maybe an occasional box out, but I think they have a player in RJ Barrett. Um, I think they have a player in RJ Barrett, and I, I'm I'm happy to say that. Um, I'll, I'll get the crow out. He's he's down here, uh, crowing crowing Barrett Jr. You know, and this and in this sense, this is where I'm happy to jump in and be like, he's only 22 because the the good stuff that we're seeing in the in this postseason can't teach any of that stuff, and I'm will I'm because he's only 22. It makes you that much more willing to live with some of the the growing pains. Uh, as for and then Brunson, obviously keeper, heart, love what we've seen from him. Even Grimes, I mean, there was, in a way, I was I was kind of impressed for as much as he made some silly errors. Grimes is a guy. I'm rolling with Grimes quickly. This wasn't his postseason. I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, though. I think quickly is going to be fine. Um, so yeah, that's the only other thought that I wanted to to share there. Yeah, and I and I agree with you on RJ. I think that the it's such an interesting thing where, you know, I don't think RJ got better. I think his decision making got better. There's Crowen. There he is. And and if you could fl- if he could flip a switch with his decision making just like that when it came down to it, we're in the playoffs. We need him now. Make the right play, and he just has an ability to do it almost er- any time when he puts his mind to it. Um, that is super promising for me and. I, I agree with the the RJ take. I think the, my one big takeaway, in addition to the things that we've talked about, um, was just the Knicks' ability to focus and to make smart decisions when the Miami was in transition. Um, that was a big takeaway for me. Transition and semi-transition, I think they got roasted. Uh, and yeah. to me, that was like their ability to focus and lock in. A lot of it was on Randall, honestly. And I want to go back and pick apart each of the plays that happened. But a ton of times, Miami's coming back in transition and there's like a cross match, like Brunson's guarding the rim. And I'm convinced, you know, I'm a big, obviously a big impact metric guy. Um, The defensive impact metrics hate Jalen Brunson. I don't think his half court defense is that. I mean, it's not good, but it's not. It's like Trey Young level in terms of how the impact metrics see Brunson on defense. And I'm convinced it's because of his because of the Knicks transition setup where Brunson is always the guy back and always yeah. gives up the layup at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's always the guy protecting the rim. He's the first guy back. You got guys like um, Butler attacking him in transition. Even Max Struess, who just has too much size on him. It's a, t- a ton of size. It's just too much size. on. I, I understand that trying to hide um, Brunson somewhere and you hide him on the shooter. He can shoot. Shoes can shoot over Brunson. Just has too much size on him. Um, and just yeah, semi transition. Uh, a guy's trailing. Randall's on the wrong guy. Robinson has to come out on Strews. Strews hits a three. Uh, that that kind of stuff happened way too often. And to me, it's like that has that's indicative of the level of focus that they had coming into this game. And um, 
And I don't think it was effort. Like you said, I don't think yeah, it was effort. I don't I, think the Knicks had low effort. Even in the fourth, I I, I really have to go back to that. I, I Again, I'll go back and rewatch it. Um, I did, I'm did. i not going to come away from this game feeling like the Knicks didn't try really hard. I think they tried really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. No, I agree but, with you. But just on your point, you just because it's such a good one. <sighs> what did you say? You called it a like a lack of focus. A lack of focus. It felt. I wrote down on some of my notes. Attention to details. Yeah. Not there. Okay. The, yeah. the ability to focus and the ability to pay attention to detail. Those are skills, and those are skills that you could possess and not possess. And they are also skills that you can get away with not possessing in the regular season. Oh boy, can you ever get away with not possessing them in the regular season? Um, and that is why the playoffs are just, it's a different animal. And especially against a smart team like the Heat. And are the Heat the most talented team in the playoffs? God, no. Um, whoever comes out of the series, whether it's New York or Miami, uh, they will be underdogs in the next round, regardless of who comes out of Boston, Philly. And um, they should be. Uh, I would argue that these two, I would argue that the two teams that are playing each other right now are probably, if I was to do a draft of all the teams remaining in the postseason, I would, I would probably take the Knicks and the Heat last, you know, seventh and eighth in some order. Sorry, but that's just, no, uh, I agree with that. How I, I feel. Yeah. Uh, and that, and by the way, that's not to disrespect the Heat because I, I, I've been Mr. Can we please respect the heat? I don't think I even need to say that after this game. I, if anybody needs me to yell anymore about, can we please respect the fucking Miami heat? I, I, I don't know what you're watching. I, um, I just want to say I might've been second number two to Mr. Respect the heat almost to the extent that I got roasted by our own KFS faculty well, because mm. people said, you know, wow, we're so lucky we're playing Miami instead yeah. of Milwaukee, you know? And I said, yeah, that's true. But like, so lucky feels extreme. Yeah, no. I would respect Miami. I would never, respect Jimmy Butler. I would respect Eric Spolstra. Never, never felt that way to me. Uh, and I, boy, do I have receipts to back that up. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, I don't even remember the point that I was trying to make, but like, even so, with Miami not being for as much as we both respect them, for even with Miami not being up the, like the, an upper upper echelon team, and that's not to say, by the way, they can't win the next round if they get there. Um, against that team and this coach and this and this player and these players, those things, lack of attention to detail, lack of focus, just will just destroy you. You will not be able to, and in in some ways, it like it it actually. It makes me wonder, like, would the Knicks have been like, let's just say the matchups broke differently and they were facing, you know, Philly in this round, you know, or even I mean, shit, Boston. I mean, talk about a team that has lollygagged away some 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 uh, games and and uh, yeah, in this postseason. Like, it almost makes me wonder if they wouldn't have been facing better off facing a clearly more talented team. But one where the edge in that department would not have been mm -hmm. severe, and and then just the last thing I'll say yeah. is like we're gassing on Miami, and we're and it feels like we're crapping on the Knicks. This is Miami's skill. This is their collective skill on the team as a team. And I, I get, yeah, forty four and thirty eight. Okay, fine. This was not the team that was existed for eighty two games. The one that we're seeing right now. They God bless them. They they flipped a switch. 
And they are, I would argue, in all of these little nitty gritty areas that we are talking about right now. I mean, who would you put ahead of them that's left in the playoffs? I mean, you would think the Warriors, but then you'd go and watch the Warriors kick the ball around for a game, you know, here and there like they've done several times this postseason. So I don't even know if I could say them. In terms uh, of focus and attention to detail, all of that stuff, to yeah. a game plan and, yes. and execution and yes. Miami, Miami's number one. I think they have to be, you know, and it's the reason they're in the position they're in up three, one with a chance to go to the conference finals. And again, they deserve they. You have to give them credit for that to, to poo poo that and to be like, eh, whatever. We should still be up in this series. No, it's the playoffs. It's what it, you need enough talent. You need enough talent, which, again, I will refer you to go watch the third quarter. Go watch, you know, Jimmy Butler. Go watch Bam Adebayo. Go watch Kyle Lowry. Talk about, gee, my God, the guy that he thought they were getting. Kyle Lowry. Gosh. Wait until now. <sighs> Wait until now. All right. Um, okay. We got through it. I, I didn't know if I was going to get through that whole monologue, especially with technical issues. Uh, XJ, uh, I'm going to let you go. Anything else uh, before I do that? No, nothing else. I think I got all my feelings out. I am going to go listen to the rest of this post game and and hibernate and and hide my face away. I I always think to myself, honestly, it's like, how does John? How do John and Andrew always do this? No matter what kind of loss we come off of, no matter what kind of soul crushing, back breaking experience we get, these these two come out and they st- <laughs> Andrew and they and they stick to this post game of, until the last super chat comes through uh, the YouTube chat. I and I I respect you guys so much for it. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go cover my head with a hoodie in my own. I'm gonna hold my pillow and 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 tuck myself in so that's the last thing i wanted to say you guys are awesome that's incredibly kind of you uh xj uh thank you for coming on for this i'll say the wine helps um i'm I'm, i gotta give my shout out uh to the wine i'm drinking i'm drinking firstborn shiraz i opened that because i was like you know what i might give my firstborn who's sleeping right here on the couch next to me for a win tonight. That's, <laughs> I love my daughter very much, but uh, I, it is good wine for firstborn Shiraz. Uh, so yeah, by uh, Cambrian rock. Okay. Yeah. XJ, you're the man, dude. Actually, actually, good before luck. you go, can I, yeah. can I just acknowledge how very right you were that it's, it's after the fact. So it wasn't in the moment, but I have to give you your credit. Um, yeah. I wish you would have played, Milwaukee. <laughs> you're right. Yes, but you're saying that I'm right because a loss versus Milwaukee would not have hurt this. It would much. have been an honor to lose to the eventual Eastern Conference champion Milwaukee Bucks. To Giannis, yeah. one of the greatest of all time. One of the greats. Smoke for from Milwaukee. We look look at the positive step we took. We won a playoff round and lost to the one seed. Fine. And now I, I, I just want to say I like the win-win situation. I do not I do not like being backs against the wall if we lose this is dem you know backbreaking i i'm not yeah. into it so yeah i agree with you all right guys have good a good stuff, show man. i'll good see you guys later we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <sighs> okay. Um... Personal injury report? <laughs> sure. Presented by our good friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. Um, don't forget, if you think you have a personal injury case, give Weiss and Rosenblum a call today at 212-366-6100. One more time, that is 212-366-6100. You could also visit them at weissandrosenblum.com for more information. I know Barry Weiss is hurting tonight. He was texting me earlier today. Um and I'll give him credit because I push back on him. He's like, we're going to need a big RJ game tonight. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I think this, if we win tonight, it's going to be Brunson and Randall's going to have to do something. And it was Brunson and it was RJ. So shout out to Barry Wise. Anyway, um, if you think you have a case, call them again. 212-366-6100. Consultations absolutely free. Give them a call. Let them know what happened. They'll tell you if you have a case or not. And then if they take your case, uh, they don't get paid unless you do. Uh, prior results don't guarantee future outcomes. But if you need a personal injury attorney, Go with the veteran. Man, the Heat. Who's the who's the player on the Heat with the least experience? I guess Haywood Highsmith, right? Was, Highsmith, is this his yeah. is this his second year? He feels I'm older, sure. but like I, I can look up the career. I'm actually very curious. Like, how old is Haywood Highsmith? Has he played any professional basketball leagues he before is, coming to the NBA? Well, is he a, a, a classic Heat? It's his second year of experience. I knew that, but like how and old is he? He is 26 years old. There okay, there you is go. Is he an undrafted? Oh, he's definitely good. You thought Haywood Highsmith was drafted? This is a thing, John. I'm just looking it up. I'm sorry. Easy. I didn't know this. They pull these guys out of nowhere. Uh, indeed, they do. Um, no, yeah. So uh, they got a lot. They're a team of veterans. Like they, they just went to Wheeling Jesuit. Okay, it's the name of the college he went to. Yeah, that um, guy's that guy's out playing Obi Toppin in a playoff series right now. But you know what? Like, oh, I'm not gonna say anything about what? that. No, I'm not gonna say anything about that. Obi, Obi, Obi needs a little, little, little bit more seasoning. That's all I'll say about that. Yes. Uh, moment of the game. Uh, I have about 18. You didn't moments. even say that Emmanuel quickly's hurt. Emmanuel quickly. Is oh yeah, sorry. The personal report. injury report. Um, <laughs> Emmanuel quickly used, didn't play tonight. For, if they were going back to the rotation, they went to. Emmanuel quickly would have been part of that. Would have probably helped. Would have made Jalen Brunson not play 44 minutes. I thought, look, I don't think it was ever going to happen because Tibbs, I don't think, was going to Josh Hart at the four, especially with Josh Hart in foul trouble. I thought there was like a world, a distant alternate universe where quickly was healthy. They could have went small. Just wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have helped the rebounding. I, Andrew, I don't, I don't think it was a distant universe. I think if, if quickly's healthy for this game, Obi Toppin doesn't see the court. Oh, no. Obi Toppin not seeing the quarter is a different story. I'm saying that lineup of Josh Hart at the four, 
like instead of Randall, because I'm with you on the frustrations of Julius Randall. I still think Randall plays 39 minutes, though, is, is the issue. Well, because you, but that, but again, that this is, we're getting into the offseason, which is like if Julius Randall's on your team and it's a playoff game and you need to, and like Julius Randall's playing 39 minutes. Now, there are, God, there's so, I mean, and we, we didn't, one thing we didn't spend enough time on there is Mitch. Mitch had a really bad game. Uh, you want to talk about a lack of impact. My goodness. And, this team moving forward, any team that has Mitchell Robinson, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like Mitchell Robinson can't be a starting center on a team that's capable of winning a championship. But if Mitchell Robinson is a starting center on a, on a basketball team, that team needs to have a pivot to a, a, a small ball, a small ball format in which they do not completely eviscerate any semblance of defense slash rim protection, which this team right now, they don't have that option because I'm sorry, Julius Randall, Obi Toppin, that's not small ball that's going to work in the playoffs. And I got, I mean, I love Isaiah Hardenstein. Isaiah Hardenstein is awesome, but that he's a backup center. He's an excellent backup center. He's the best backup center in the NBA, I would argue. But that's not the pivot that's getting you where you need to go in a series like this and in a conference finals and in an NBA finals where having a, an offensive liability like Mitchell Robinson can really hurt you and you're limited to playing a guy like that like 20 minutes a game. I don't know how I got off on this tangent on the personal injury report, but whatever. Our, our pride is hurt. That That's what... Our pride is hurt. Part of the injury report. Um, now we could do more of the game. Uh, as I was saying, I have about 18 different ones listed. Uh, unfortunately, none of them uh, were by the Knicks. Uh, I think we have do- the same big one, though. The big one for New York or for Miami? No, the the turning point. The moment I thought this game was over. I thought the moment of the game, I think it was the Lowry offensive rebound. Well, okay, that could be it. I There's a rebound a thon that the Heat went on that reminded me a lot. Like, it's what I put in the faculty yeah. chat that because um, it's a Lowry of rebound. the Cavs game. The, right. Cavs the, game five. The, the end of the Cavs game, game yep. five, where it's yep. like, oh, this is this is familiar where the Heat got four shots on one specific possession. They took. They didn't even score on the no, possession. It was 91-84 throughout the entire possession, but they got three offensive rebounds, got a foul on Brunson while they were at it. About a minute, about a minute went off the clock. A minute and six seconds went off the clock. And during that stretch... The it was just a reminder. Oh, they're they're beating us to every 50-50 play so, on the game right now. So do that. I would do the I would do the Lowry offensive rebound because I think that was the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought there was great irony in the fact that the one offensive rebound the Knicks got in the fourth quarter, Mitchell Robinson promptly prompt, promptly um the Mitch turnover dropped the, the ball. <laughs> yes, yes. I, 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 was there even did a player hit it? Did a Heat player hit that ball? I think he just dropped it, which if a Heat player hits the ball, I think it's Nick's ball. But no, Mitch had a chance to put it up. Would have been 106, 101. Would have been the fakest comeback of all time. But at least you're down five. You got a minute 11 left. No, that was that was like the nail in the coffin. The moment I thought the game was over, though, was that, again, rebound-a-thon. It's when, I, when it happened for the Knicks against the Cavs, I was like, oh, wow, this, this series, that that's a microcosm of the entire yeah. series right uh, there. The other option that I had, John. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I am at with this player. Um, but the first play of the game, Julius gets an offensive foul on Bam Adebayo. And right then and there, I'm like, uh, that's not, that's not oh. the start you want where 
you you're you're fighting for position against the you're not hunting a mismatch mismatch you're trying to battle for position with Bam and you throw an elbow at him and it like listen Randall had six turnovers tonight three of them were offensive fouls look so, I, like the fouls were part of it I, I'll get ahead of it now um we're not we're not doing we're not doing serious off season talk tonight it's it's not it's just it's just not not the night for it there is either I'm just. There's going to be a lot of like, but I'm done with Julius. Hold on. I know. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to say, and I'm going to, I said it before the last game and I'm going to, I'm really going to try to honor it. Um, I'm going to hear anything out tonight. Um, w- within reason, <laughs> within reason, I'm going to hear anything out tonight. Specifically with Randall though, because <laughs> I I don't know how you're supposed to watch this game in light of everything, the whole history here, and feel like, okay, this is our guy. Don't worry. He's still our guy. We got this. And I, I said earlier this year, I'm like, he's our guy no matter what. <laughs> I think I might have to go back on that, Andrew. That's the opposite of what you just told everybody within reason to to do. I don't I don't know how to feel about this game and his performance in this game and his performance in the series and his performance in these playoffs in which he's had some games in which he's made some tough shots. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's, I, I think there is a let me just interrupt you because I'm at the same spot too with Julius, not okay. to the point where he's not our guy anymore. I am at the point where this is now multiple postseasons, and That's it's not the even thing. the it's not even the the because I like like you said twenty shot twenty points on thirteen shots is 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 really good. He was you know? fine. I mean, he was really good on offense. The tough tonight. shot making was almost ma- again. XJ said it. The no, 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 yes shots yeah. that he was making in the first quarter it was like, okay, well, if you're gonna hit shots, I just need a little bit more effort. But that's the issue. The closeouts that were backbreaking. The clips that are going around the internet right now of this guy walking on defense to get in position to not even bother guarding Kevin Love and Max Struess on these three pointers. It's. Uh, can I just read this quote? Because it's been bugging me I since just, it went the, up. Fr- the, the cats one. Well, the the cats one. There's the video went up from SMY earlier, but yes, Fred's got it. This is from Julius Randall after the game. Maybe they want it more. I don't know. That's who we've been all year, and we got to find ways to step up and make those plays if we want to keep this season alive. Dude, look at yourself in the mirror. Come on, man. He's the the lack of I don't know that there has been a successful NBA team that has had any modicum of success. I'm talking about like conference finals, let alone finals or championship, where one of your leaders, one of your stars, and he's a star that's the thing. He's a star player. Nothing I'm gonna sit here and say tonight or this offseason changes the fact that he's a star player. I still think he's going to make another All-NBA team. I think he deserves it. He's a two-time All-Star now. Like, he's a star. He's an NBA star player. He has star talent. Uh, Unbelievable star talent when he gets going. I don't know that you can succeed as a franchise if one of your players in that level of uh, of the totem pole 
lacks accountability to this degree. And what was so encouraging about this season, for as much as we may have questioned the 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 not validity of it, but like how genuine it was. What was so nice were the were the those couple of articles there that we saw pop up. It's like I had to look myself in the mirror last year and how what kind of a teammate was I being and this, that, and the other thing. And like Johnny Bryant, right? Johnny Bryant got to him, right? You know, give give Johnny Bryant the, the head coaching job. He, he got through to Julius Randle. Well, I guess now we have to fire Johnny Bryant because Julius is doing this in the postseason. I'm being facetious, obviously. I know, I know. Um, but like, how do you how do you step forward if there's this little now? Maybe there's more accountability behind the scenes. It doesn't it doesn't appear so on the court. It appearing behind the scenes, like yes, that maybe that's happening. Maybe he's getting wrung out in practices and film sessions. The problem is we're not surprised, are we? We've seen these poor closeouts for like two months now. We've seen like these lack of effort possessions, these games from him at many points in the season. And anytime that we saw it come up, we were like, he's playing every game. He's yep. the NBA yep. Iron Man. He's, he's, you got to give him a bit of a pass. He's made so many tough shots this season. And that was the way we rectified the effort when it wasn't there during the season. It's like, listen, they, these, this, they're up by 20. Like he's, he's coasting through their second half of this game. Like we'll live with it. Now your season is on the line and <laughs> you're not playing balls to the wall. Jalen Brunson for his in a, like, I think it's a, an inability for him on defense because he's six feet and yeah. isn't exactly the quickest, but what he makes up for with effort on the offense is I've got played 44 minutes tonight and was the only thing keeping this team with a pulse in the fourth quarter. And I just, I don't know if I could say that about Julius Randall, oh. which sucks. Cause I, did a lot of defending him this season. I still maintain. So did like, I. Like, like the Obi Hive, like you just don't have a leg to stand on. I'm not out on Obi. I, I'm not yeah, making he'll, into he'll, a Julius he'll be a, Obi he'll be a fine NBA player somewhere. Right. But the Julius part of it, now you, the, the Knicks are ready to start thinking about how many rounds of the playoffs we want to be a part of. Exactly. You then also have to ask that question of who's going to get you to those next rounds. And this is where the Julius conversation is and we can talk about the big picture when the season's officially over of is he the guy that you go forward with but as far as i'm concerned this was this was a shout out jd sports talk part of that 11 minute voice memo that everybody saw him send me was like this is a julius randall legacy game well guess what this is unfortunately your legacy dude last the the only asterisk i'll give is we don't know how healthy he, I mean, look, the ankle may may be still a thing. It may be inhibiting him. Um, and you can't even be like, well, if you're not healthy enough, don't play. The Knicks need him to play because they don't have anybody else. But Jalen Brunson's dealing with a hip. I was about to say, it's at this time of year, it feels like everybody's banged up. Um, and I'm not questioning Julius's toughness. What I am questioning is his ability to. recognize and internalize how important it is to do all the little things that me and XJ you know talked about in the mm -hmm. intro um because it, and it, it's 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 especially glaring against this heat team and really in particular against Jimmy Butler who just for as talented as that guy is and he my god is he talented 
even though I would argue this was his worst game of this of the series from like a shot making perspective. Um, when that dude who's a star who literally does every little thing, there's not a little thing that he doesn't do. And then you 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 know you compare it to Julie. It's just it it makes it more glaring. You know mm-hmm. is all anyway. Okay. And look, the the actual rational thing to point out with Julius is like they're not in this game. Like this point in the season. Oh no, no, they're him. not. Which is why like paper plates gone. Like you you rectified and 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 validated the we here season. I will leave any Julius Randall. Uh, divorce with like you know what that Miami game in the regular season was nice that 57 point game in the regular season was nice there are several regular season memories with him but as many people have pointed out there are 82 game players there are 16 game players look at 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 he is he has he is part of Nick's history and it is it is a complicated legacy I don't. I actually don't. I don't think he's going anywhere this summer. Just to be very clear, I don't tell you there. Yeah. yeah, but like, however long his legacy goes on, it will be complicated because it will have a lot of good and a lot of bad. And I, it's just these are the games that frustrate you to no end. And game three, and other games in these playoffs. Okay, let's these, get to these well, are the yeah. two. We'll get to the super chats, but like these are the two though because. Like we even said it in game three and four against the Cavs. Like, okay, he's clearly not a hundred percent. He's not doing anything detrimental. And then in game four, when he didn't have it, yep. we had options to go to. Shout out Obi for showing up in that fourth quarter. Hey. Then in game five, his best half in his playoff life, and then he got hurt again. Well, like, he, he had a good a good stretch. I don't know if it was best half of his playoff life. But I was, but the the not just the shot making, but the passing was why yeah, the, the, they were able to good. get up by double digits early. And yeah. then it became that second half was like, all right, who's going to make as many shots as possible. It turned out it was Mitchell Robinson. 